0: Free Talk Live, it is your show. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. The SACL-CAI toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And you can join us on our website. FreeTalkLive.com is the place to go. The features for free. So enjoy those on us. And uh, that again is freetalklive.com. Welcome again to another live episode of the program. Many shows take this week off. Uh, we are here every single day to bring you live programming because you're out there listening. And uh, so, welcome to the final week of the year as we prepare to wrap up 2007. Uh, it's been just a fantastic year, hasn't it, Wayne? It's been really interesting. how did your uh, your Christmas go with the with the family yesterday? very very nice, very good very relaxing. i enjoyed I enjoyed my day off well I guess I mean, I feel like every day's a vacation here on free talk live, even though I was in here doing the show it it's not like real work, you know it's not laying bricks or anything like that. yeah,
1: you're very fortunate
0: so uh again, would always uh, like to talk to you about whatever you want. And we're going to start things out tonight, though, with a guest. Uh, Last week, we brought you a story that I... I mean, this might have been the story of the year. uh, Brought you a story about the Lakota Indian tribe. And how they're essentially seceding from the United States. Now, that's as I understand it. Maybe I've got the the term wrong. I don't know. We had lots of questions when we brought this up originally. And I said, you know, I'm going to do my best to get Russell Means... He is a uh, he is one of the men behind this uh, secession. He's also a libertarian. He's an activist, and uh, he's actually an actor as well. Uh, Wayne, you may remember him from Last of the Mohicans. Yes. As a matter of fact, uh, so we're go- we have Russell on the line with us, and uh, Russell, welcome to Free Talk Live. Do we have all Russell? All of you. Hi there. So, where are you calling us from tonight?
2: I'm in uh, just east of Santa Fe in a little Mexican village called San Jose. It's my wife's house, and uh, we, have, we uh, live here part-time out of the year.
0: Understood. Now, uh, last week, the news broke uh, about the Lakota Indian tribe essentially seceding from the United States. Is that basically what's happening? Can you put that into your own words to explain to our listeners what exactly is going on?
2: Well, first of all, we're not a tribe. Nations make treaties; tribes do not. Hmm. And it's not a secession from uh, the United States of America. It's just reestablishing our independence and freedom, guaranteed by the United States of America and Article Six of the Constitution.
0: So I guess it couldn't possibly be a secession because you aren't uh, one of the fifty states. You never joined the union, so therefore you couldn't possibly secede from it. Exactly.
2: Now, uh, what we did was we unilaterally withdrew from all agreements and treaties with the United States of America for their blatant disregard and illegal breaking of those treaties and agreements. And we uh, uh, reestablished legally, both through national law and international law, that we are a free and independent country.
0: I think it's I think it's brilliant personally, and and I'd like to ask later, not right now, but how I can join in from up here in New Hampshire. But first, uh, I'm curious. Now, you you again you you've established your freedom. What was it that I mean? Obviously, there were some serious problems that were cited in the uh, the the news story that I was reading, like the the I guess the average age of death. For Lakota men is forty-four. Uh, birth uh, deaths deaths at birth are tremendously high compared to rest of America. Uh, why is that, Russell? What is it that is contributing to those factors?
2: Well, it's the the entire colonial apartheid apartheid regime of Indian policy in the United States of America. It's a it's a policy that Adolf Hitler wrote about and said the United States knows how to treat its, race, its uh, weaker races,
3: Oh dear! and that is
2: to pen them up. And so his idea for his concentration camps came from the Indian Reservation System of the United States of America. Wow. And then in 1964, South Africa passed its apartheid laws, which ins- its Bantu Development Act, which in- institutionalized apartheid. That was 30 years after the passage of the Indian Reorganization Act by the United States. The Bantu Development Act is virtually the same document. Uh, So we have this colonial apartheid system in America. We're out of sight, out of mind. Hmm. The United States Constitution does not apply to Indian people living on the reservation. We have no protections against government, against (coughs) corporations against indi- non-Indian individuals. We have no protection against ourselves. We have no protection anywhere, at any place, at any time. So they, consequently, these- consequently, our diaspora is uh, over 70% of our people have uh, been forced to be refugee status in the United States of America, some by choice, most not by choice, because no one loves, like, wants to leave their homeland.
0: That makes sense. Now, so basically, what you're saying is that uh, from back in the days when the United States government people, uh, you know, uh, just did awful, atrocious things in the in the past, many, many decades ago. Uh, they signed these agreements with the Lakota Nation, and uh, I don't know what was supposed to be uh, contained in those agreements, but essentially since then they've continually had your people under the thumb of the United States government, total government control. You know, you can live here. Uh, a lot of, as I understand, a lot of uh, American Indians are taking welfare checks uh, from the Bureau of Indian uh, Affairs, and that's probably really ruining people's lives. Is am I? Is that correct? Oh,
2: that's very definite. Now, for instance, we, we pour into the uh, coffers of the GMP, Gross National Product, mm-hmm. over $20 billion per year from our natural resources alone. In return, Congress appropriates $2 billion of taxpayers' money for all the Indian agencies in the various departments of the federal government. Of that $2 billion, 87% is taken up in bureaucratic costs. so you have 13% of $2 billion that is filtered down to the over 350 Indian reservations, Indian land areas in America.
0: So it's similar then to uh, regular welfare programs where it's the middle class bureaucrats that are really raking in the cash and the uh, the welfare recipients get a pittance. And then, of course, there's the whole problem with being on welfare in the first place and getting people hooked on those checks. And that's one of the, the reasons why uh, economic development can be a little stagnant in many, uh, many American Indian areas.
2: Well, in all Indian American Indian areas, because... We also, our land is held in trust by the federal government. So we can buy, sell, or lease our land without the express consent of the Department of Interior. Jeez. So um, allegedly they let their puppet tribal governments, their colonial governments, uh, but not the land. We are never permitted to control the land. But we can contract out the services, of course, those are the most costly parts of, of government, are human services. Mm. So we can contract those out and, and pay for those with our own money, with a pittance from the U.S. government. And in, in our reservations, in the Dakotas, Montana, and Wyoming, uh, that becomes the the, the not over ninety percent of uh, the budget of uh, all the Indian tribes.
1: Hmm. So you're you're spread out among several states. Uh, what problems does that present for you?
2: Well, it doesn't really present us with any problems. Um, here's the: th- we have uh, two thirds of the northern part of uh, of Nebraska is our land, mm-hmm. half of South Dakota, about one third of North Dakota, about twenty percent of Montana, and about fifteen to twenty percent of Wyoming. Now, what we have offered to the non Indian is a tax free individual liberty uh, governed by community uh, control nation to live in if they repudiate the u s citizenship
0: what is what's the process that one would have to go through in, in order to do that
2: well as you might suspect we' are fledgling our fledgling um re-entry into the international community.
0: Mm-hmm. I know that the article had mentioned that you were talking with uh, many foreign embassies to get recognition, and it sounds like you've had some good reception so far. And Russell, I want to bring you back for more of this conversation. Hang on. Uh, more with Russell Means. He is of the Lakota Nation. They are not seceding, but they're establishing their independence from uh, several of these awful treaties that were signed so many years ago uh, with their... Uh, with their people by the U.S. government. It's an amazing story, and we'll come back with more of your calls as well. If you've got them, this is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne Deer. Join us on the website at freetalklive.com. Features for free. We've got updates. Get signed up. We keep you in the loop whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. You'll know first if you're on the updates list at updates.freetalklive.com. And SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you'd like to keep your clients, too. Sakel's CAI. Check out their banner at freetalklive.com or call 800-544-6359. That's 800-544-6359. For Sakel's CAI, we're back with Russell Means. You may have heard of him before. Uh, he is a Indian American Indian activist a uh, libertarian, as a matter of fact. Uh, Russell was the primary competitor to Ron Paul back in the 1987 uh, nomination process for the libertarian presidential candidate. So, uh, Russell, Russell, you were, uh, I guess, ed- just barely edged out back then by Ron Paul, and, of course, now you see uh, Ron Paul moving on uh, today to run for president. How do you feel about Ron Paul's candidacy, just as an aside?
2: Well, I will say he beat me on one vote on the first ballot. Wow. Convention, um, uh, I feel great for Ron Paul and for America because he he is the only one talking sense, especially economic and civil liberty sense.
3: Yeah, he sure uh, is.
2: And you know, I think he would be among the first to champion um, our reestablishment of our legal rights.
0: I think you're right about that. I agree, too. Let's just recap for listeners just tuning in. What has happened within, I guess, the last week or so here, Uh, news broke. And you're one of the people that's behind this movement to essentially have the Lakota Nation break away from the um, the the American government uh to essentially nullify the treaties that were signed many of them uh so many years ago that of course uh the government being the government has never has never bothered to adhere to uh has run roughshod over the the freedoms of your people and you guys have just had enough you've you've said you know what we've had it screw this let's go and do our own thing uh no taxes yeah. Uh, what are some of the other things, what are some of the other features that the Lakota Nation will be, I guess, able to crow about, if you will? Why would someone want to leave, uh, reject their U.S. citizenship, and join the Lakota Nation?
2: Well, aside from no taxes at, at, at the federal government level in our nation, you have community control. In other words, the reestablishment of posse comitatus. Hmm. And that would be uh, and and mean that each community is a a mini-state unto itself and it's held together in a loose federation called Lakota. Uh, No taxes on the national level. However, whatever community wants to do for its own well-being, that is uh, totally up to them. And if a certain community would rather have taxes and then another community, that's up to them. Mm -hmm. People are free to move around. Um, we do have a negotiating tool that will force the United States of America and its subordinate governments into negotiations because we do not want any confrontation whatsoever. We are great believers in turning the other cheek, Mm -hmm. but we refuse to bend over and get the other two kicked. So we also also believe in uh, the art of self-defense. Nevertheless, What we are are saying is that failure to negotiate with us in in good faith would mean that we will put a lien backed by the United States Constitution against every real estate transaction in the five-state area. That would, of course, immediately collapse the entire real estate economy of that state, which uh, I know no one wants. And we don't want to employ that, that strategy. But that is our negotiating tool to get the powers that be in the non-Lakota world uh, to, the, to the conference table so that we can jointly look forward to investing in our country so that rural America can maintain its way of life. You know, the family farmer and family rancher, this is actually another reason why I'm doing this. Because the present governments in our area and the federal government refuses to listen not only to the family farmer and the family rancher, but they refuse to listen to the Indian people who, are, who have the land that is the last place for investment in the, in the uh, Great Plains area, yeah. especially in the northern Great Plains.
0: No, why should so they economically listen? Economically,
2: we have the tools to offer uh, and ensure the way of life that rural America has come to uh, love and respect.
1: Russell, what will you use as a medium of exchange or money? Will you be free to use whatever you like?
2: Well, uh, the way uh, the Bush administration has ruined the American dollar and turned the uh, the paper money into—I never thought worthless paper could be turned into even more worthless paper. <laughs> well, that's been well, going on for before Bush the Bush administration, and uh, consequently, you know, uh, once we uh, we begin to work with the local and regional governments, and they get to see the benefits of individual liberty through uh, community control um, and the return of self-determination for the, for the locals, once they begin to see that in the next few years, I believe then we can talk about returning to a uh, monetary system backed by uh, something, solid, uh, something more solid than the air.
0: Well, one thing's for sure: if that actually happens, if you get to the point where the Lakota Nation has its own value-backed currency, all of a sudden every investor in the world is going to be investing in your currency because it'll be the only one. So, I mean, that will be a, that will be a huge economic boon uh, for your area once you uh, once you get to that point. Now, you'd mentioned that you had this sort of trump card with uh, pl- uh, putting liens on property transactions and that sort of thing. Do you think that that's going to prevent the government from – I mean, I don't think anyone's going to roll in tanks or uh, station troops in the area to put down this uprising – what sort of responses do you foresee from the government? Do you see a show of force? Do you see them maybe taking uh, leaders like you and picking you off one by one for, uh, you know, federal income tax prosecutions? What do you see them doing? How sneaky, how devious uh, do you think they'll get here?
2: Well, one thing about fascists, or socialists, or any, any kind of ist is they always believe force is going to accomplish something. Mm-hmm. And uh, we we all know that it doesn't. In fact, it it, it it accomplishes the opposite. So true. Now, enforced poverty has has, has created freedom for our, our people, renewed freedom. We want to do the same for the American people. You know, they don't even know what's happening to them, and they can't even define freedom anymore. No, they can't. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, the first rule of freedom is you are free to be responsible. So... That's one of the things they will see immediately, and the governments will have to, the local governments will have to act accordingly. Now, as far as the federal government is concerned, if this takes off, if all of a sudden the libertarians, who are very welcome in Lakota, uh, decide to move, move to our country to help rebuild freedom.
0: Let's talk about that in a moment, Russell. I want to talk about how people can get involved in this, uh, whether they can actually move or from the outside, how they can help you. More with Russell Means. He's an American Indian activist. Uh, the Lakota uh, tribe is Lakota Nation, rather. They're saying goodbye to the United States government, and I think it's wonderful. More on the way. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at one 800 259 9231, the SACL CAI toll free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got. The Wiki, with over 1,500 pages, created by listeners just like you. It's like the listener-editable version of our website. Head on over to wiki.freetalklive.com to get interactive. That's wiki.freetalklive.com. Your mattress was likely manufactured using all kinds of disturbing chemicals. Does that bother you? It bothers some scientists, especially in the case of young children. Savvy Rest mattresses are made of 100% natural latex rubber, organic wool, and organic cotton. Try their crib mattresses, too. That's SavvyRest.com for the sleep you've been dreaming of. SavvyRest.com We are on the line with Russell Means. He is an American Indian activist, a libertarian, uh, ran for the libertarian presidential candidacy at least once, I think maybe more than once. And uh, also an actor, appearing in major motion pictures like uh, Last of the Mohicans. But what the reason we've got you on the show tonight, Russell, as you know, is to talk about an amazing news story that broke last week. The Lakota Nation... Uh, American Indians that were uh, that are in a five-state area—North Dakota, South Dakota, Nebraska, Montana, uh, Montana, and Wyoming—if I'm recalling correctly—have basically decided to tell the government, "See ya. We're done with your uh, you not honoring these treaties, uh, these agreements, and running roughshod over the uh, the freedoms and the rights of uh, the the Indian people. And we're just going to say goodbye and have our own, basically, our own country." Is that pretty accurate? That's very accurate. And I have to say, it's an exciting movement because we've been talking here in New Hampshire for a little while about, you know, there have been some mumblings about secession going on. Of course, Vermont also has a pretty burgeoning secession movement. Now, what you're doing isn't secession because you aren't a, uh, you know, the Lakota Nation wasn't a state to begin with, so it it couldn't, it didn't never join the union, so it obviously can't secede from the union. But there have been certainly been talk around the country about the concept of pulling out of the United States uh, because you guys aren't the only one who've had it with uh, big. Government and its meddlings in our lives. So I'm curious uh, you you mentioned that regular Americans who aren't of Indian descent that they can join the Lakota nation. What's that process like? I mean, you already mentioned that there's gonna be no taxes in the Lakota Nation, at least not on a, on a federal level. Uh, so it, it seems clear there'd be some immediate benefits to joining the Lakota nation. What would it take uh, for someone to uh, to do that?
2: Well, first they have to repudiate and renounce their American citizenship, accept our, our passports and driver's licenses, um, and then uh, decolonize themselves from the wise and wherefores, like we will not require driver's licenses, actually. We will not require auto insurance. The rules of uh, buyer beware will be in effect. <laughs> and um, and uh, other such societal norms that have since disappeared from the United States of America. But uh, it, it would be a very easy process, and uh, you're welcome.
0: How would one get started on this? Is there a website that uh, they could go to to learn more?
2: Actually, we're in the process. We had to... Um, uh, there is a, a website up called LakotaFreedom.com. dot com. Okay. LakotaFreedom.com. dot com. That they show all the paperwork we utilized um, in um, with the embassies in our portfolios and and what we gave to the State Department. The other thing is um, we are creating the Republic of Lakota website. We just secured the domain name today. Oh, okay, great. As a matter of fact, and we're working with other libertarians um, in uh, Washington D.C. and, and others like uh, Jerry Collette and and uh, his company in uh, the formation of uh, our international and national uh, relationships.
0: So, if uh, and people want all,
2: all legal aspects s- so that just, are confronting just,
0: us, just to repeat, that's uh, LakotaFreedom.com. That's the current website. There's going to be a new one that's launched. Will people be able to see what that new one is once uh, the, you know, on LakotaFreedom.com when it's ready?
2: Yes, it'll be uh, 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 up and running within 10
0: days. Okay, great. And I presume that uh, as time goes on, more information about joining the Lakota Nation will be there. Because I can tell you that, I, I mean, I am a huge fan of what you guys are doing. I, having moved, uh, Wayne as well, uh, both of us, you may be, are you familiar with the Free State Project, Russell? Uh,
2: vaguely. I, I'm not that that. Well-versed
0: I'll enough. give you the uh, the brief version of what it is. It's essentially a movement of 20,000 liberty-loving Americans moving, and, and people from around the world, actually, uh, people who love liberty, all moving into New Hampshire. Now, interestingly enough, a number of the states that uh, are in the Lakota Nation were also candidate states for the Free State Project. It's just that New Hampshire, with its live free or die mentality, uh, won the vote when there was a vote for which the state should be. So all these liberty activists have moved in here into New Hampshire in order to get active and, and help get liberty back in our lifetime, so obviously we're sitting here watching, cheering you guys on, saying, yes, this is excellent. In fact, uh, I, I'm sort of torn, you know, I, I, I put down these roots here in New Hampshire, and now you guys are going to do the freedom thing first, and I, I'm hoping that this spreads. Is this is this something that you can see happening to uh, I, I guess around the country to some extent, maybe not just with Indians, is, is this something that regular Americans without Indian descent could somehow get involved with without moving to the five-state region that, that you you are, uh, you're talking about?
2: Listen, the explosion of this on the worldwide Internet, I've done all day today and yesterday I did uh, radio interviews with various countries around the world. This is a fantastic result. You know, we only had four members of the news media at our press conference.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: One was from AP, one was from uh, the agency or the French press, uh, another was from uh, Indian Country Today, a uh, an Indian newspaper, American Indian newspaper. And there was an independent from an Internet blog. <clears throat> and this has exploded so much. The Northern Cheyenne Indian Nation in Montana called me yesterday. I'm going up there next week to explain to them the strategies and the whys and the wherefores, and they want to do the same thing.
0: <laughs> right. Brilliant.
2: But they want the expertise first, and then they'll make their announcement after I leave. But they also are going to withdraw from unilaterally from the treaties with the United States. Uh, I do believe, you'd be amazed, the amount of interest in Russia. You'd be amazed in the amount of interest in France itself. Mm. So consequently, I do believe this is going to have international repercussions.
0: I hope so. And
2: it it could happen in the Pacific Island nations. In fact, I'm positive it will. The Hawaiians have contacted me.
0: There's always been a strong secession movement there, for sure. Yeah, I lived there for a while.
2: And uh, the Hawaiians have contacted me, the Maoris of New Zealand, the Iroquois Six Nations, in both the Canadian side and the U.S. side. So It's exciting. It is, uh, it is something I believe the world has been waiting for, a renewal, a renewal of individual freedom
0: absolutely yes. and, and it's like wayne was talking about during one of the breaks with me you know this is just another piece of this huge liberty puzzle that seems to be putting itself together faster and faster uh we've of course got uh, your uh, movement there russell with the uh, the lakota uh, nation you've also got the ron paul revolution on a more nationwide scale as you're saying people around the country uh, and around the world are taking interest in what you're doing and i think i think i'm leaving something out when you a well, free state project of sure a free oh.
1: state project it seems to be me, it's part of a larger picture where there's a mass awakening and healing going on right now in the world where we're trying to get away from the dysfunctional things that have been going on for the last hundred or more years, depending on where you've been. And uh, And I'm astounded at all the international websites for the Ron Paul revolution. Have you seen all of the different countries that have pro-Ron uh, Paul's websites?
2: I know. You know, there's there's two aspects of modern law that I could never properly understand why human beings would allow it to happen.
0: We'll come back with more with Russell Means. Hang on, Russell, bringing you back. 800-259-9231. I know we've got Dennis on the line in Atlanta with a question for Mr. Means. And if you've got one, uh, this is your chance. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line, though prefer your calls for our guests at the moment. Russell Means. We'll get back into him in a moment. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. If you like the show, you want to help support Free Talk Live, become a Free Talk Live amplifier. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And the idea is you send in three bucks a month. We take that money in and turn it right back around into promoting the show, getting on more radio stations, thereby spreading the message of freedom and liberty as far and as wide as possible. So you can go to amp.freetalklive.com. Learn more, get signed up, uh, and you'll get some perks, like access to the AMP-only call-in line, chat room, forum. The details are all there, amp.freetalklive.com. Russell Means is back with us. He is an American Indian. Uh, he is of the Lakota Nation. And uh, last week, they announced that they were pulling out from the this u s government that has been ignoring all of the treaties that they had signed the agreements that had uh, they 'd signed with the lakota the L- Lakota in the past they uh, have had enough with the government 's uh, absurd welfare and their rules and just essentially their ownership of uh, these these people these are individuals that we 're talking about and their their lives have been just just ruined by the involvement with the federal government so you've you guys have just said it we've had it we're pulling out we're doing our own thing we've got the lakota nation now and people in uh in five states uh, regions of five states are invited to join in Uh, Montana, South and North Dakota, Wyoming, as well as a bit of Nebraska as well, Uh, people can join this movement. And you mentioned, Russell, that your website right now is LakotaFreedom.com, if I'm not mistaken. That's LakotaFreedom.com. You'll be uh, launching another website within the next uh, couple of weeks, and people that go to LakotaFreedom.com will be able to find out what that is when the time is right. Uh, Now, you had mentioned something about two different types of law or two different laws that you wanted to comment on before we went on, and I wanted to make sure you got back into that.
2: Yeah, that's um, we will not allow corporations to have the same rights as an individual
0: Mm -hmm. individual. Mm,
2: With with, with none of the penalties.
0: Yeah, but corporations uh, is something we talk about frequently on this show when people call in to say, you know, well, evil evil businessmen. Well, no, wait a minute. It's the government that allowed them to create this fake entity, this, essentially this file folder. To, that, hide, be-
1: to hide behind.
0: Yeah, to, to protect their assets. And uh, so corporations only exist because of the government, and interestingly they, enough.
1: And because of taxation.
0: Right. So what was the other the, one? The
2: other, the other law is one of the most absurd in in the human in the history of human condition, that's property taxes.
0: Oh my goodness! Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that
2: that's such supreme idiocy. I can't wrap my mind. I've never been able to wrap my mind around the logic of that one. You
0: well, know, Russell,
1: my eight year old daughter. We were looking at property, and and we were talking about property taxes. My wife and I were, and she says, "Well, if you own it, why
0: do you have to pay them?" Because you don't own it. <laughs> From the mouths of babes, <laughs> right? You, I mean, yeah, she gets it. Right. You don't. I mean, if you if you have to pay some government um, extortion. To build your own house on your own piece of land, you don't own that land, and so I'm absolutely with you. In fact, we're going to talk later in the show tonight, uh, probably in hour number two, uh, once we're done with the interview here, about Greenberg, New New York, which is uh, their t- property taxes are so high, they're telling senior citizens that, hey, you can come work for the government to pay off your property taxes. I mean, it's just incredible. So that's the second issue, Russell. Um, people can go to LakotaFreedom.com. Can they chip in? Can they contribute? Can they, uh, if they can't move there and join the Lakota nation how can they help from outside
2: well they can go to our other uh, uh website um, treaty dot org
0: is this the new one that you're going to launch or is this on, uh, already online
2: on excuse me
0: that's okay he's verifying that that's the website
2: okay the uh, no this other website is a tax exempt uh uh website for our total immersion school we call treatyschool.org. org, and that's where donations for the new nation can come uh, right now because okay. we 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 use it for educate the money for educational purposes only
0: great so that's treaty if you want to help out from outside of the area maybe send a little financial assistance over to the Lakota Nation russell we've got calls people well, want wait to talk a minute. to My you.
2: Wife's telling me it's treaty Oh, treatyschool. edu.
0: Ah, uh, okay. Treaty school. I'm sorry.
2: Treatyschool.edu.
0: edu. edu. Got it, Russell. We've got phone calls. We're going to go to them here. Uh, Dennis in Atlanta has been waiting patiently to talk to you, Russell. Means you're on with Dennis. Hey.
4: You there? Yes, Dennis. Go, uh, Russell. Your cause is so. I mean, your cause is so beautiful. It's, I've been a, awakened about two years ago and. The Indian cause right now is so important. I call it, actually, to kind of debate, Ian, over New World Order uh, issues, but this cause is so important. I'm part Cherokee, and I don't know if you know anything about Cherokee people. They suffered a little bit, too. Oh, yeah, um, I
2: know.
4: America... Yeah, I, want
2: to, I want to thank I'm, you, and uh, all support is welcome.
4: I do support you um, intellectually. I mean, that's, that's from the phone call. What My question was... Um, I was shocked. I was going to debate Ian and New Orleans. stuff. And you should get I'm to your question, off, Dennis. I, <laughs> I know I did, <laughs> <laughs> but it was an important one. I know. Um, do your your well? I guess my question was legalities. Have you got that really in a row? Is that really your strength right now? Because I know the spiritual yeah, that's aspect. That's the only reason you mean, behind you. I just business. want to know and let me know that you got the the, the law behind you.
2: Yeah, that's the only reason we did it. We don't want any. Kind I knew of, that. I knew that. Um, uh, we don't want any kind of uh, confrontation whatsoever. It's backed by Article Six of the U.S. Constitution and international law, the Vienna Convention on the Law of Treaties, which the United States also signed into law. Themselves. Well, you know how they've been stomping on laws and treaties and constitutions
4: and stuff. I just. Well, you know, I am goes without saying.
2: But insofar as the international community is concerned, international lawyers and our own lawyers are concerned... We're doing everything legal.
0: Right, so if the international community is recognizing the Lakota Nation, that's pretty much all you need. Dennis, if you want to talk about the uh, conspiracy stuff, we'll put you back on hold, bring you back an hour or two for that. Okay, hang on, dude. Uh, In the meantime, we go to Dave in Athens, Ohio, listening on WAIS. Dave, you're on with Russell Means. I
5: support you guys in your
2: movement, and I was wondering what the... I was on the phone when I was listening, and I couldn't catch the second people that contacted you.
0: The second people.
2: Oh, I see. That was uh, the Northern Cheyenne yes. from Montana. They want, to, uh, they want to follow in our footsteps and uh, redeclare their sovereignty and independence. And in support with you, I am Native, on so I'm backing you all the way. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Dave. I guess no question from Dave. Dave, thank you for the call. Unanimous here. We all support you. Well, of course. As I said when I talked to Russell's wife the other day, you're going to get some some friendly response on this show. Has anybody been unfriendly to you? You said you've been interviewed around the world within the last few days. Has anybody been uh, mean? Not one.
2: Not one. I've done quite a few local radio shows in different parts of the country of the United States. Mm Mm-hmm. And I have yet to have one adverse uh, experience whatsoever.
1: Wow. Well, this is definitely a big hole in the dike for the federal government. And sure think a lot
3: so. I'm,
2: so, I'm so excited. And the more I talk to uh, you folks and, and everyone else in the world via the Internet and uh, the telephone, it is it's it's. The snowball just keeps gathering steam on its way down the mountain. It sure it does, down.
0: and uh, and I'm I'm so excited to have you as a part of it, Wayne. We're running short on time. Did you have anything else you wanted to ask Russell while we still have him here? Uh,
1: Russell, um, there was something, but I need to talk to remember it now. That's all right. <laughs> um, uh, have you considered uh, maybe coming sometime up to New Hampshire and visiting with us?
2: I would uh, certainly uh, when uh, we get more of our nation in order. We have an entire structure we have to rebuild, along with non-Indians, and right. we have to uh, we have to get like I talked with uh, Jerry Collette, and he's already um, put in an application to be our uh, uh, the equivalent of an attorney general.
1: Hmm. Very nice. Now, every and, year...
2: uh, so you know that's going to be considered, and as well as uh, from our own ranks. Mm -hmm. The people we have, we don't have very very many international lawyers, so it's going to be a slim, a small (laughs) field to pick from. But things of that nature, we're rebuilding, and uh, we definitely have to get our offers to the governors, the mayors, the county commissioners, etc., to uh, to start our negotiations. Also,
1: Ian and I were talking off the air. But what a great guest you would be, or speaker, at the New Hampshire Liberty Forum.
0: Right, it's a it's a great little uh, sh- sh- get together with hundreds of liberty activists all getting together in the same uh, hotel for a convention. Wayne. Basically, it's happening really soon, so I'm thinking maybe you'd be perfect for 2009. It's happening in j- January 3rd through the 6th, so that's really quick. But but I'm going to definitely get in touch with, uh, or maybe Wayne will get in touch with the organizers and have them uh, get in contact with you about maybe having you here next uh, next time around because I think that'd, that'd be, be nice. really exciting and. Uh, we are out of time for this hour. Russell, thank you for coming on the show. We're going to put this archive... Thanks
2: a great lot This is going to be having...
0: online tonight for people around the Internet to download and listen to and, and hopefully understand what you guys in the Lakota Nation are doing, uh, more so than they could have gotten from the AP article. And thank you Remember, again. it's for the libertarian movement. Absolutely it is, and we are behind you 100%. We'll be keeping in touch. And, Russell, thank you, and have a great night, sir. More on the way. Hour two's on the, uh coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Talk Live, it's your show. You can bring up anything toll-free as we launch in hour number two of the program. It is Ian here with you. And Wayne. 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL-CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. And, of course, we're inviting you to our website at FreeTalkLive.com. All the features there are completely free. Uh, once again, that's FreeTalkLive.com. Quick addendum to our last interview. Uh, we had, if By the way, our, I know our Montana listeners are joining us just now, which is a shame, Because uh, in hour number one, we had Russell Means on. He is a a member of the Lakota Nation and the Lakota Nation is in Montana. They're in South and North Dakota, Nebraska, as well as uh, as well as Wyoming. And basically what they're doing is they're pulling away from the United States. Well, of course they're still in the they're still in that landmass they're essentially it's not secession but it's just they're uh, announcing their freedom they're they're breaking the treaties that of course the government had broken many many years ago and continued to ignore and it was a great interview if you missed it it'll be online by midnight tonight at freetalklive.com but what I wanted to add in there was that the second website he gave us, the first one, LakotaFreedom.com, works. The second one he gave us, I think, is the one they just registered. So that's probably why there's nothing there. Yes. What What was it? It was tr- um, Treaty School? edu. Right. And you're saying, Wayne, you tried to go there, no, no dice. Yes. So but maybe give that one another week or so before you try it and then try it again. Just wanted to add that in. going right into your phone calls, and then we'll talk about this insane property tax situation in uh, New York and other areas of this country. But first we go to John in New Hampshire. John, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Wayne. Hi, guys. Hey, John. Hey, John. How's it going? Super. What's on your mind tonight?
6: Hey, I was being a crazy environmentalist today. Were you? Yeah, I was out on the seacoast. I was picking up plastic and metal.
0: (laughs) That doesn't sound too crazy. other
6: sorts of potential trash right there's signs that people put around and we get way too much of it here in new hampshire it's political season you know madness oh yeah and we went uh i, I went over just on christmas eve i got a I got a pal that's lived up here in new hampshire for oh about 30 years I, and i like to visit him on the holidays we got you know an old friendship going Obviously, he moved here well beyond you know way way, way before the free Ch- free state project ever uh, existed. but mm-hmm. he's one of these Massachusetts people who came here for the right reasons right who 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 adds lie to the reason you know they call mass holes and all that stuff. This is somebody <laughs> who came here for the right reasons. Got it. so yeah, what were you it, doing?
0: You're out picking up uh, d- trash left over from the political signs? Well,
6: I went over there last night because it's Christmas and I'd like to visit them and we exchange gifts and we're just old friends we work sure. together uh go over there and have some bears so i end up uh sleeping on the couch and you know it's nice sunrise so i, I have a nice video of actually the moon uh, he, he was driving his mother home I, I go over there and i i'm i'm practicing this Ridleyo thing and i don't blame dave for my mistakes but yeah there's the moon rising pretty thing i'm over on hampton beach getting the moon rising go visit my buddy have a few bears so i crash on the couch we're up early, out for the sunrise, get the sunrise, and in between all that there's these Ron Paul signs, which occasionally being New England and having snow banks where you plant signs in or plant signs in yards. Yeah. If you've seen the you know, Dave Ridley's uh Ridley report, there's a thing in Manchester where somebody actually did a real fine job of putting the sign up above you know, back up on the you know replant the
0: signs. Right, because when it snows too Don't let much, the snow the s-
6: overtake that.
0: Right, yeah, the snow drowns out the signs essentially, and so you've got to make a way to uh, to go to rise above, if you will. And so, is that what you were doing today?
6: Dude, we did we did like over a dozen signs. We met you know a, over maybe a dozen people. Um, you know, we had breakfast at some place up in Portsmouth. We met people. We talked about Ron Paul. Uh, people who had no idea, very apathetic. I met one gal who I would have thought would I never would have taken. She's a young lady. I would have never taken her even as a voter. I wouldn't mm-hmm. have even considered that she would think about that. But when I started to talk about Ron Paul, she said, I'm going to check that out. And I handed her a card, you know, one of those little things
0: Whatever, the Ron Paul cards, yeah.
6: Yeah, and yep. just like, and I, I goes, dude, are you on the Internet? And she says, of course I am. I wouldn't have even taken her as a voter or an Internet person or anything. She says, of course I am.
1: You know, I've been seeing a lot of Ron Paul signs this in the last week or so stapled to telephone poles. And I'm wondering if but maybe... The
6: environmentalist I, thing that I did when you mentioned <laughs> staples? Yeah. I, the ones that I found on the seacoast were actually very good New England ones because they're made out of plastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, here in Salem, what I've done in the past, and and maybe these people know what they do. I'm not real plugged in with the political types. Right. But in the past what I've done is so I've actually driven around with a car with a stapler. When you mentioned that, Wayne, the staples, I've actually done that because sometimes the cardboard signs and all it takes when you want to just help out, because it's going to be one or two things. That sign's either going to be destroyed and just be trash on the side of the street. Or you can straighten it up and fix it and,
0: and correct it, and now, it just looks beautiful. Let me give it a point of clarification here. Did someone tell you to go out and do this, John? Do I look like the guy? Do I look like, I need,
6: do I look like the guy that needs direction?
0: <laughs> no. My point is, I knew the answer was going to be no. My I, know, point I, know, asking... I know. I
6: know. I know. the. I know the. Uh, where the question came from? Right. So no, I've done this in the past, and I've got big thank yous from 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 people who have run for office before that didn't even consider this idea. They think these are just throwaway signs. Yeah. They're not throwaway. You know.
0: They're expensive. I can tell yeah, you that. But,
6: I looked into it. It was like five bucks a sign for, like for the little ones. My buddy and I, are just we're, we're just enjoying the coast. We're, we're, we're taking a ride up there today. That's all we're doing. Yeah, But you it's got like it into you your head. It's a sign that's kind of down. Right. Go straighten it up, man. Yeah. That was a I great got, idea. I got a video. you you probably see it because you know where I am on that ph.
0: P-H-O-N-H, John. At you had it. All right, I very good. Too. John, thanks for the call, and, 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 and thank there. you for the end. And we just straighten up some signs, and we just have fun on the coast. Thanks for taking the initiative, John, and thank you again for the Being call. An environmentalist. Very good, sir. 800-259-9231. That's just an example. The reason I asked the question, I knew he was going to say no, but the reason I asked the question is to point out that the, the, the tremendous difference between the Ron Paul revolution, these activists, these super amazing people, uh, that they're just self-starters versus the people that are following orders in the other top-down campaigns, whether it be you know Hillary or Mitt Romney or any of those other guys. They're all taking orders from the campaign headquarters. Um, many of them, they, they won't work unless they're paid. So the Ron Paul cr- um, crew is all completely volunteer, with the exception of just a handful of campaign staff. And they, they don't take orders. There are no orders to take from the campaign. The campaign just sort of sits back and, you know, does campaign thing, goes around and Ron Paul speaks at places, and all of the supporters just, they figure out what to do on their own. They don't ask anybody for permission. I mean, obviously, if you're going to go on someone's property and do something with their sign, you might want to ask them for permission there. But, but as far as asking the campaign to do these things, there's no approval process. You just go out and you do it. That's right. You know, I, I'm, I'm the personal custodian
1: of about five Ron Paul signs in my area and i go by and i check them and i did notice after the first snow that a lot of them were being buried or concealed so Mm -hmm. i tried to move them up you know off the bank um off the side of the roads like it would still be seen even if there was more snow right and i think if we all think about that don't just plant the sign and forget about it because it might get knocked down or blown down or covered with snow make sure you you you're a responsible custodian of, of your signs and when this whole campaign's over that you go take them up that makes sense. So
0: uh, keep an eye on things, because of course there's also the stealing factor as well that goes on. So yeah. you can't just presume. Even if there's no snow, if you live in Florida, you can't just presume your signs are going to stay there. Unfortunately, politics is a dirty, nasty game, and uh, some, some, some dirty, nasty people get out there and they just take things. I've had. I'm surprised that more signs haven't been stolen, actually. So there's actually been a fairly, around here at least, there's been a fairly low incidence of sign theft. And that's a good thing. Yeah, none of, my
1: s- none of my signs have been stolen. In fact, a few times when I was either fixing them or planting them, people stopped and asked me where they could get them.
0: Ooh, Too bad you didn't have one in the bank of your card. I, I did once. You did? Yeah. That's good. Uh, and by the way, that's one of the other things these Ron Paul activists are good for, is they're self-financing these signs. The signs aren't coming from the campaign, most of them. I think there there are some official signs that you can get, but most of the ones I see are self-financed, where the Ron Paul activists are just, you know, buying them in bulk, 100 packs or whatever, or thousands. And then this, many of them are just, they're such, they're such fanatics uh, that they're giving away the signs. These $5 signs to anybody that wants them. You say you'll put one up in your yard, they'll give you one of them. They'll give you a 4x8 if you can put a 4x8 up. It's amazing. Uh, it's an amazing group of activists. We'll come back with more. 800-259-9231. On the way, we talked last night about Green Bay uh, mandating it that you get fingerprinted at a traffic stop. And I said the next step is going to be forced uh, them taking your blood from you. And Wayne, you happen to have a story about that. We'll come back with that and more. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. The SACL-CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Wayne. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features there are completely free. Uh, We've got archives, so if you've missed a moment of the show, just go and grab them online for free at freetalklive.com. Dot com. Sound money is under attack. The Liberty Dollar offices were raided by the FBI and Secret Service on November four, on November 14th, and all of its precious metals, computers, and records were seized. Your help is urgently needed. Go to LibertyDollar.org and sign up for their updates and register for their lawsuit. Don't let the government steal your money and destroy the Liberty Dollar. Go to LibertyDollar.org. 1-800-259-9231. So, Wayne, let's talk about uh, this insanity going on in Texas. Last night it was the story about Green Bay and I was I told my listeners at that time I said look we've heard things from Utah about the Utah Highway Patrol talking about taking people's bl- uh, blood on the side of the road having a uh, a, a highway patrolman Strap you up and stick a needle in your arm. That's what they're talking about doing. I don't know if they actually ever implemented that program, but the f- the point I was making was that it's just one step after the next they They never do it all at once, do they Wayne? It's always nope. you know very incremental well, first, we're just going to ask you to sign the ticket. Now we want you to put your fingerprint on there, and before you know it, they're looking to collect your blood Now This isn't for speeding tickets yet. What is
1: it that they're doing in Texas? And, of course, it sounds very unconstitutional. Uh, Jurisdictions within Texas are expanding programs where police use force to draw blood from motorists accused of driving under the influence of alcohol, or DUI. Last week, El Paso announced it had joined Harris and Wilson counties in a no-refusal program specifically designed to streamline the blood-drawing process. It works as follows. An an accused motorist is, is arrested and taken downtown while being videotaped he will be asked to submit to a breathalyzer test with officers specifically avoiding any mention that blood will be taken by force if the often inaccurate breathalyzer test is refused. Hmm. During key holiday weekends, a pre-assigned judge who agrees to wait by the phone will approve search warrants created from pre-written templates, oh. often within just 30 minutes. Wow. With a warrant in hand, a nurse whose salary is often paid by Mothers Against Why don't they just have driving. a
0: rubber stamp by the phone instead?
1: <laughs> yeah. But listen to this part. With a warrant in hand, a nurse whose salary is often paid by mothers against drunken driving hmm. will draw blood while p- police officers exert the, re- the required level of force. Oh, my gosh. In some cases, this use of force can cause permanent damage. <gasps> <laughs> Crazy stuff. So there's a few other counties also that have similar programs, except that these departments do away with the nurses and have police officers perform the blood draw
0: themselves despite a wow. state law
1: banning the practice.
0: So they don't care then. The state law bans it, and they're going to do it anyway. Right? They're not. They don't. They don't know how to
1: draw blood safely. You know. You. I mean, my wife is a nurse. She knows how to draw blood. I've you seen do nurses have trouble.
0: Yeah, getting a vein or whatever. Right. I mean, you you can you can damage someone's vascular system. My old girlfriend uh, was a she was a big girl, and uh, she had it was very, you could see her veins, but you couldn't actually hit them with a with a needle. It was very difficult to to draw blood from her just because of the body type she had and you know the way her veins were. Nurse after she would she would have to go through at least two nurses usually before she found one that could hit her vein. I mean to suggest that these cops are gonna be able to do that? Yeah. After what are they gonna to go to like a four hour class and then all of a sudden they're certified? Is that the idea? <laughs> you got it. You got it. It's insanity oh, and of gosh. course it's,
1: it's it's completely unconstitutional. I'm sure there'll be legal challenges to this, but it's ridiculous.
0: Well, there might be legal challenges, but, you know, the way this operates, the way these cops do things, and and this applies to all government bureaucrats, but especially the cops... The way they do things is they just decide, hey, let's try this. And then they go, like you said, even though there's a law against it, they're going to break that law and they're going to do it anyway. Uh, So they go out and they do whatever they want to and they sort of cross their fingers and they hope that no one calls them on it and they hope that no one challenges it. And of course, if you're dealing with DUI cases, most of those guys, uh, and I'm sure they're mostly male, some females in there um, to be sure, but... Most of the people that are DUI cases are not going to be coming from upper economic strata. And that's not to say that rich people don't get drunk and drive. Certainly they do. A lot of congressmen, too. Right. It's just that they're less likely to be pulled over if they're out in a Jaguar or a BMW. So it's just the the fact is the working man that's in his work truck or whatever, in a the, the old beater, is more likely to get pulled over and caught for the DUI. So what you're going to deal with is 99% of these cases are going to be just your average folk, that they're scared to death of the system. They certainly don't want to take it on. They wouldn't know how to go find a lawyer to to challenge these cases. I mean, it may be a while before someone decides to challenge this, because you actually have to get charged in order to bring it to uh, to trial, don't you? Well, probably, but you know, the, the thing is that sometimes these legal
1: watchdog crusader groups will get involved. They'll find somebody who's willing to pursue and maybe. it and do it uh, for free. But that's your best hope, yeah. is that something like that happens, and it may not for a while. Well, there seems to be a big backlash against this encroaching police state now, so I wouldn't be surprised if I saw it happen Sooner than later.
0: I don't know if the backlash is big enough yet. I, I think there's some, certainly some rumblings out there, but I feel like most Americans are begrudgingly putting up with it. I mean, I read some quotes from the Green Bay article with the fingerprinting story, and the general mentality of the people they interviewed was, well, I don't like it, but I'll do it. So they're they're going right along with whatever they're demanding. Well, some will, but, you know, none of
1: us want to see drunk drivers who are dangerous to others on the road. But Certainly by, not. But, for, but using force... There's always backlashes. There's, there are always unintended consequences to using force like this right. against people. And that's what we have to remember, that for every action comes an equal and opposite reaction.
0: Well, you know what's going to happen if the cops are taking someone's blood from them by force, and that person's resistant or whatever, even if they're not resistant, the cops just screw up and they, as you say, harm someone's vascular system. What do you think's going to happen to the cops in that case? Immunity. Yeah. Well, they have sovereign immunity, and that nothing's going to happen to them. They can ruin your veins if they want to. And so, hey, it's part of the job. You know, well, you were arrested. We're the police. We're immune. You can't do anything to us. So too bad. You wouldn't take the breathalyzer. You know, shouldn't the issue really be dangerous driving? I mean, I'm not for people getting behind the wheel when they're inebriated, certainly. But shouldn't the issue be you were driving dangerously Here's a dangerous driving charge. Here's what we do to dangerous drivers. You know, pull their license, fine, whatever the whatever their punishment is. And I'm not saying I support any of that necessarily. But why do you have to ascertain if the person has alcohol in their system?
1: Yeah, because people react differently. When I was young, I could drink a six pack and not even feel anything. And now, if I drink one beer, I'm I'm looped. Right. So is it more of a control issue? do you think uh, I think you would you adjust to it you know whatever you do, whether you drink beer or whiskey, whatever it is, you do adjust to it.
0: What I meant was from the the police's viewpoint, like the reason they're breathalyzing everybody and now taking blood from people is because they can you know they right. want to control you in that way, whereas if it were just you know a dangerous and anti dangerous driving uh law, then all kinds of things would be uh would be caught underneath that i mean I can go and drive while tired tonight if I want to, right. and get pulled over and completely pass a, you know, a DUI test, but I could be incredibly, an incredibly dangerous driver. I, shouldn't I get in trouble for that? Yeah, what about if you were taking cold medicine
1: and you got sleepy? Or, or yeah. There, there are other things that affect you, and I think the behavior is what you have to look at, the way someone's driving. Are they exactly. leaving, or are they going too fast and... and uh uh, making the tires screech, or they just yep. missed that old lady crossing the road. Those are the things you want to look at.
0: It's not fair to uh, to target the, the drunks only. And, uh, and also, of course, this whole DUI checkpoint, this brings them excuse to set up these checkpoints where they're targeting everybody. They're just hitting every single car that comes down a road. Talk about unconstitutional, and that stuff's been going on forever. More on the way. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. Talk Live. It is your show. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free. 1-800-259-9231. This is CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. Features there for free. So enjoy those on us, including the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies who sent us their validated photo to prove they listened to the show. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com to see what that's all about. And that is shrine.freetalklive.com. The New Hampshire primary is the first true open primary in the nation. National media will be swarming to cover it. And the 2008 New Hampshire Liberty Forum will finish just two days before the polls open. Dr. Ron Paul will be the closing speaker. You aren't going to want to miss that. The majority of New Hampshire residents are undeclared and undecided. And the most important presidential election and living memory hangs in the balance. Where will you be? Register now at freestateproject.org liberty libertyforum to come on out and join us. Free Talk Live is going to be broadcasting live three nights. We did two nights last year, uh, so increasing our coverage by 50%. Uh, we're going to be there. Of course, just a, a plethora of amazing libertarian, liberty-oriented activists from all across the political spectrum, uh, as far as everything from law enforcement against prohibition. Our buddy Jim Babka is going to be there again from DownsizedDC.org. Our very own Gardner Goldsmith, uh, who you hear usually on Monday nights on this show. He'll be giving a presentation and so many more people that I couldn't possibly list. It would just take forever. Uh, And that's not to mention the hundreds of activists that are going to be in attendance these great like-minded liberty loving people that you can get to know and hang out with and it really is a great time wayne how do you feel about uh the first one because you uh, also attended last uh, this year's
1: that's exactly what i was thinking and last year's was awesome and it 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 was uh Better than anybody imagined. Yeah. And this huge year will success. be even better, and there's going to be more people there. Bigger
0: hotel, uh, more possibility for uh, bigger attendance, and it's just going to be huge. So looking forward, again, Ron Paul is uh, going to be one of the speakers there. Bernard von nothouse from the Liberty Dollar, in fact. Uh, so go to freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. Still a few rooms left. Still a few tickets left. Get yourself involved because uh, it's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun. 2008 FTL is the code you want if you want to save ten percent. That's two zero zero eight F T L. We go to the phones and the fun. It's Robbie in Wisconsin. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Wayne. Hey guys. Hey Robbie, what's on your mind?
7: Um, I'm here to talk to you about something called cheese. But first off, um, it is winter season, and um, either of you guys caught a cold at all this winter?
0: Have I caught a cold? Not yet. Nope. Not, yet.
7: not yet. No.
0: no. What, well, what Why do you ask? Well,
7: I had one earlier this year and I had to go uh to my local Walgreens pharmacy and uh show my identification card to uh purchase um some medication over the counter.
0: Oh no. This, uh, and, the the well, pseudoephedrine stuff?
7: Yes, yes. And uh recently I, I was watching the news earlier today and they they were mentioning a, a new type of uh um recreational drug that's being used by um teenagers and it's, it's it's called cheese and it's actually um a combination of heroin which is only between two and eight percent and then the the thirty percent uh active ingredients in it are uh, over-the-counter medication which um really it, it seems like it's going to be taking over for crystal meth yeah
0: what else uh, do you know what the other chemicals are
7: Um, it, it, it says, uh, here on the Wikipedia entry for it, um, it says such as Tylenol PM and, um, just other over the counter, uh, acetamolfin and, yeah, other big words. Yeah, yeah, that's Mm -hmm. it.
0: So, uh, would one go to Wikipedia and type in cheese and there'd be like an alternate entry or something like that?
7: Yeah, just cheese, recreational drug, and, and you'll find it right in there, yeah.
0: Huh. So they carded you. How old do you have to be in Wisconsin? Because I know here in New Hampshire it's 19 for some weird reason. How old do you have to be there? Do you know?
7: I, I'm not sure on the minimum. It's, it's got to be at least 18. Um, I'm, I'm 25, so I, I didn't ask what the minimum age was when I was getting my medication, but this, this caught my eye, so.
0: All right, I'm here on the cheese entry. I don't see it. Where am no. I Where am I looking? Cheese. Um, C-H-E-E-S-E? Try, try, try
7: typing it into Google. Try typing cheese-based heroin into Google. It should be one of the, the
0: first results you'll, you'll see. All right, I'm taking your word for this, my man. Anything else in your mind tonight? That's it. Thanks uh, for the call, dude. Appreciate it.
1: Yep. You know, it never ceases to amaze me how creative the marketplace is. <clears throat> and, and there was a story recently uh, this week about how uh, the federal government's been claiming that they've, they've really cut the uh, supply of cocaine in the United States. But the story behind the story there, of course, is that... Uh, they, they judge that by the price on the street. And the price on the street, in a few cases, did spike up, but then came right back down again. In some cases, the dealers, I guess, are watering it down. But then what happens is other drugs take their place also, like crystal meth, like cheese. Mm-hmm. People who want to do drugs find a way to do drugs, and they're not stuck on one drug. If they can't find one or, or it gets too expensive, they'll go to another one. And, of course, this is because of the, the war on drugs, which is, is a fallacy. And uh, we have to
0: end this. I am looking here at uh, medhelp.org where someone claims to have kids that are taking this. They're claiming it's heroin mixed with Tylenol PM, and snorting is the preferred delivery system. They're claiming middle school children are marketing it to elementary school kids, which I find it hard to believe, but I don't know. Maybe, Mm. well, I'll see if I can dig up some more information because interesting it sounds very intriguing. 800-259-9231. We continue with your phone calls. In the meantime, talk to Jeremy in Montana, listening on KGEC. Hello, Jeremy. Jeremy,
5: hey guys. Thank you, you. You were talking about um people forcibly taking blood and stuff like that. Yes. Yeah. Well, I I know um down in Florida, if you um get sent to prison like saying assault they consider that like a really violent crime and if you don't give them your blood before you get released from from prison to put it into like a dna data bank you know um they'll give you more time and give you another charge and keep you in prison and if you resist them while they're taking it then they'll just give you another 18 months to a disciplinary court in prison
0: just awful I mean, the, the, you, that's completely unnecessary. It's it's never necessary to take someone's blood from their body by force. It just doesn't make sense.
5: Totally disgusting, you know.
0: Can you imagine having a cop wielding a needle, <laughs> trying to plunge it into your veins? I mean, that's even, scary.
5: Even worse, a prison guard
0: yeah, or a prison
5: point. nurse or what have you.
0: Scary you know. stuff, Jeremy. Anything else on your mind tonight?
5: Oh, well, I, I was wanting to talk about a uh, free market a little bit. Um, I was thinking that um, uh, John was on the radio earlier today. As as you know, I listen to his show every day. Um, he, he was talking uh, about maybe since they sell us bottled water that's produced out of Coca-Cola plants that uh, maybe we could uh, can some of this Montana fresh air and send it to, uh, you know, distributors out who like polluted air like China or <laughs> New York and stuff like
0: that. Sounds like it'd be a little bit cost prohibitive, but I think there are such things. I believe there are products out there where you can literally buy a can of air from somewhere else. A
1: can can of Montana or a can of New Hampshire?
0: Yeah, I do believe those exist. Jeremy, thanks for the call, dude, as always. 800-259-9231. All right, here it is. Cheese recreational drug. It didn't come up when I typed in cheese. You had to add uh, recreational drug to it. This is Wikipedia. A heroin-based recreational drug that surfaced in the United States in 2005... Uh, cheese is formed by combining heroin with crushed tablets of certain over-the-counter uh, cold medication, such as Tylenol PM. Uh, they contain acetaminophen, which is the active ingredient in Tylenol, and the antihistamine diphenhydramine, the, anti- uh, the active ingredient in Benadryl and a common opiate potentiator. Cheese samples obtained in North Dallas contain between 2 and 8% heroin in contrast to the 30% commonly found in black tar heroin. Users commonly take the powder by insufflation, that's up the nose, rather by intravenous injection. So, let's see, first deaths, deaths in younger populations. The first middle school cheese death published counts was that of Oscar Gutierrez, a 15-year-old. I don't know if that's really middle school, but I guess maybe he was held back. He was an 8th grader, apparently, in Dallas, and he died in February of this year. His brother stated the boy had previously previously survived an overdose of the same drug. I think you'd have learned your lesson the first time, huh? Community rallies followed Gutierrez's death as parents and others urged the police and school district to become more active in fighting what was viewed as a growing problem. And just like you said, Wayne, if it weren't for the war on drugs, drugs like cheese and crack and meth, these wouldn't even exist because you'd be able to get real heroin if you wanted to. Pure heroin, not mixed with any of this other nonsense. It wouldn't have been made in somebody's back shed or in their bathtub. We can come back with more on this, 800-259-9231, and talk to you about what you want. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves toll free. 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, the features we give away, so enjoy those on us. If you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, then head on over to our website at freetalklive.com and get interactive at the Free Talk Live store. You can buy all kinds of great FTL-related merchandise, including T-shirts, hats, hoodies, and more. But what I really want to tell you about is our special offer that we have going on for the remainder of the year. So you got about a week to take advantage of this. If you buy a Free Talk Live t-shirt, you can buy other things too, but as long as your order has a Free Talk Live t-shirt or the Free Marketeer t-shirt, one of our t-shirts, as long as you buy one of those, we'll send $10 to the Ron Paul campaign. So maybe you were thinking about getting a Free Talk Live shirt, but you didn't really want to pay the shipping cost and... Now, here's a perfect excuse. That money's going to go to another... Uh, I mean, it was obviously going to us in the first place, but now it's going to, we're going to pass it on uh, to the Ron Paul campaign to give you an extra excuse to purchase some Free Talk Live gear. So head over to store.freetalklive.com and load up the shopping cart. That's store.freetalklive.com. A little bit more about cheese. We'll go to the phones after this, just because uh, our caller earlier brought it up, and I said I wanted to know more. Now I do. Uh, I went to arrowhead.org, which is, of course, the... Uh, The central website, I mean this is the repository, if you need information on a drug, it's here, and basically, story is from this year, so it's true, according to Wikipedia, this is a newer drug. Uh, During the past year, several governmental and news agencies have reported an apparent outbreak of what they describe as a dangerous new drug called cheese, or cheese heroin, in Dallas area schools, it's Dallas, Texas. Uh, Cheese heroin is the term being used to refer to a powdered blend of acetaminophen, diphenhydramine, which is Benadryl, and black tar heroin. Acetaminophen and diphenhydramine is a combination found in Tylenol PM, which is ground into a powder and mixed with sticky black tar heroin. According, In addition to cutting the potency of the heroin, it also adds the effects of diphenhydramine and facilitates snorting. Uh, according to KHA, uh, KHOU News, laboratory analysis reported that the cheese they found contained about 95% acetaminophen, 5% diphenhydramine, and half a percent to 1% heroin. And then later on in the story, uh, they point out that heroin has historically been cut with diphenhydramine for a long, long time. So it sounds like what they've done here is instead of. Instead of cutting the heroin to the point where it's sort of still heroin and can be sold as heroin, because that's what the black market dealers do, they they buy the pure product, whether it's heroin or cocaine, and they, they use cutting agents to make it go further. So if you start with a pound of cocaine, I don't know what the ratios are, but you, you cut in some extra, you cut in this stiphenhydramine or the heroin or whatever, you cut it in, then you've got two pounds of cocaine, whereas you had one before. It's that sort of thing. So they, they use it to uh, to make more money off of the products. And so they're saying this has been going on for a long time. So what it sounds to me like is that they've sort of they've cut it so far. I mean they've cut it to the point where there's only one percent heroin left. It can't really be marketed as heroin, so they slapped another name on it and have started selling it out. I mean fairly cheaply because again there's not a lot of actual uh, illicit narcotic in this. According uh, according to the story here. The name cheese is most often said to refer to the Parmesan cheese-like consistency of the powder. While its consistency might reinforce the name, a more plausible etymology may play on the word for heroin. In 2006, cheese heroin was selling in Texas for $5 for a quarter of a gram and $10 for half a gram. Still sounds kind of expensive.
1: Heroin. Go ahead. I was going to say, people will find a way to get high. They sure will. And, And when the supply of something else, like we said before, dries up. They, they shift in into in gear and, and they find something else to get high on.
0: It says that uh, the cheese is typically found folded inside small paper bindle and in the Dallas area is popular among juveniles, Hispanic juveniles, uh, male and female, with users known as young as 13 years old. Uh, the increased availability of cheap heroin may have prompted the area dealers to find novel ways to market their product. And I think this is also an interesting point about the black market. Is that the DEA in this article? I haven't read any of their quotes, but essentially they're bemoaning the fact that this is called cheese because if if a dealer, for instance, approaches a kid and says, "Hey, you want to get some cheese? You get high," they won't know that it's heroin so they're more likely, the, the DEA is suggesting, and they might be right about this, that the kid will be more likely to buy it if he doesn't think it's heroin and he thinks it's cheese. where his
1: friends are buying cheese, too. I've got to have some to be cool. He doesn't know what it is.
0: Right. And so my point with that is that because it's a black market product, because we have drug prohibition and drugs are distributed by drug dealers, these people that are, you know, essentially criminal by nature. They're not pharmacists, that's for right. sure. Right uh they have an incentive to to do these things they have an incentive to slap a friendly sounding label on a dangerous product and and then offer it to young people in in the marketplace that same thing, that same process wouldn't necessarily go on yeah. you'd you would be able to go and buy real heroin from a, a pharmacy from you know your local corner store, and then you'd know exactly what you're getting it wouldn't be some mystery powder that your local drug dealer was offering for two dollars a hit or five bucks a hit
1: yeah, when something's not illegal it's also a lot less expensive, which of course reduces the crime element because now you don 't have all these drug dealers fighting for excessive profits, sure. and there's no shooting, no more shooting, and no more killing. And and you're getting a more consistent product because now it's pure, or at least on the label, it's going to tell you what it is and what's in there. When, when drug dealers do it, uh, they can put anything in there. They can put rat poison
0: in there. And you sure can. Know so that's one of the other things is if it's made in a lab, if it's under quality controlled conditions, you know exactly what you're getting. And then there's someone who's responsible for it. You can't take a drug dealer to court. Hey, you sold me bad product. Doesn't work in the black market. So there's so many reasons why I know I understand that if you're you know if you're new to this message of let's relegalize drugs it can you know sound kind of scary but what you have to understand is that kids are doing these drugs regardless of their legal status they just, you know, they've heard it's cool to get high, they want to get high, they're going to do it, whether or not it's legal. In fact, statistics show, as Julia and I talked about last night, that in the countries that have re-legalized some drugs, like the Netherlands with marijuana, teenage usage has dropped dramatically. It's half. The usage rates in the Netherlands are half of what they are for teenagers than they are in France, neighbor, another one of their neighboring countries. Mm. So, I mean, just tremendous differences there between something that's forbidden And sexy, therefore, and something that kids want to do, and something that's just a regular part of uh, the marketplace, and it's not forbidden, so therefore it's no longer uh, attractive.
1: And when something is illegal, it costs more, and then there's more incentive for people to be pushing it on the streets or in schools. If it's available at a drugstore, you're not going to have kids selling it in schools because there's no money in it.
0: Yeah, I I mean, how many kids are selling aspirin? That's (laughs) cool. Yeah. That's what it will be sold. It will be sold right there on the shelf with all these other uh, narcotics. And don't tell me you can't go to the drugstore tonight and buy a bottle of aspirin, pour those down your throat and kill yourself because you can. Right. So it's not like these other drugs are somehow inherently safe. And when the,
1: the largest cash crop in America is marijuana and it's illegal, that tells you something. The market will find a way.
0: It sure does, and uh, so hopefully we'll be able to relegalize these drugs and stop this insane war. We continue with the phone calls in the meantime, and go to Dennis in Atlanta. Dennis, uh, you're back on Free Talk Live now. Normally we only allow one call per night, but you'd originally called uh, to talk about something different and then you ended up uh, asking a question of our guest earlier, Russell Means. So, what's on your mind tonight, Dennis?
4: Well, I'm just curious. Why did you take my call?
0: Why did Why did we take your call earlier? Why did you
4: break precedent with me, huh? You broke precedent with me by taking two calls. Well, the I same told night.
0: you, I, I told you before that we would put you on hold and take you again because. Yes, you didn't. I hung.
4: I hung. I, I have the greatest respect. Man. I was You're told well you. Oh, by the
0: way, just FYI, my board operator told me sure. you did not hang. So I, from I what did I he called back and he put me
4: on again. That's that's very credible.
0: And here you are. Well, thanks for calling. I'm not. <laughs> You're not credible. No. Okay.
4: Well, my mother thinks I'm good, but. What's on your I'm mind not, tonight, Dennis? I called. We. I had. And why I called back is because I was going to discuss with the, uh, New World Order thing. And you know what? After the other issue that you brought up with the, the Lakota Indians, you
0: mm-hmm. know, that became
4: not even important anymore. You know, it really didn't even become important anymore because it's not about the bad that's out there. It's about the good. It's about the good. If you can't at least try to focus mostly on the good, there is not going to be any good. <laughs>
0: And that's so, a great point, and it's something that I find uh, to be the case about many of the conspiracy theorists is that they are constantly focusing on what's wrong, but they don't really have a solution uh, for their minute, problems wait. beyond, oh, I'm going to show my friends a DVD, and that'll solve everything.
4: Ian, there are facts. You, you are a historian. You appreciate facts and well-sourced information, right?
0: I'm not a historian. I'm a talk show host. <laughs> There's a big You're, difference. That's
4: a good point. That is a good point.
1: But you know something? You have to stand for something, or you'll fall for anything. And the point is is that if you really understand the principles of liberty and you pass them on to your friends and your family members, if you watch the Principles of Liberty movie, for example, online.
0: Philosophy of Liberty. Excellent Yes, movie. yes Philosophy of Liberty. When you understand that stuff... Eight minutes, by the way, not somebody,
1: long. Yeah, somebody is not going to dupe you. A politician is not going to dupe you anymore. You can defeat the New World Order, if there is one, in a heartbeat just by having enough people who are enlightened in the populace and
0: that's a great point I recommend it go to youtube.com and search for philosophy of liberty if you haven't seen it you're gonna love it and it's so short it's easy to share with your friends thanks for the call dude hour 3 is on the way it's free talk live one of the bonuses you'll get as a free talk live amplifier is access to our classic archives for just $3 a month you can become an amplifier and you'll help us get on more radio stations and mp3 players get the details at amp.freetalklive.com that's amp.freetalklive.com In hour number three of the program, you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. 259 9231 Sickle CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wade. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Coming up, property tax insanity. Uh, we will get to that, but first, I want to take a moment before I forget tonight... Uh, I want to take a moment to invite you to go to freetalklive.com and download an audiobook. It's free. Uh, it is something I've been talking about for the past several months, off and on, something I've been slowly working on, because I'm not getting paid to do it, so it's not like I really had a real sense of urgency. I started it back in uh, the summertime In fact, when I started, I think I had a cold or something like that, and so I went back and I was listening to the chapter that I'd recorded, the first chapter, and it sounded markedly different from the rest of them, so I went ahead and re-recorded the first chapter this morning, and today I released it uh, onto the internet. It's completely free. It's probably, in, in my opinion, one of the most important books of our time. And it's actually a little bit before uh, our time. It was published originally in 1970. The book is called The Market for Liberty. It was written by originally by Morris and Linda Tannehill. And really, I don't think anyone knows what happened to the Tannehills. I think they were sort of active in the Libertarian Party for a while, or, or the Libertarian movement. And I don't. I think there's some there's some controversy as to whether or not they're even alive today. So I don't know if I knew I'd get in touch with them to let them know about this. Did you break
1: it down into chapters? Yes. So that, so each chapter is free file.
0: That is correct. Nice. Uh, it's available in two flavors. You can get sort of medium quality MP3. It's a higher, I say medium quality, it's higher quality than our regular Free Talk Live archives, and those are listenable, so this sounds even a little bit better. Uh, you can get that. It's about 120 megabyte download that way, or 130. Then, if you want, you can get full quality 128 kilobit per second uh, MP3 files via a torrent that's about 340 megabytes. So it's a it's a it's about a 6-hour long book. Uh so, you know, if you're driving to work, you can probably get through it in a in an hour, you know, a week's time or something like that. Nice. Uh but it's brilliant. Have you ever read it, Wayne? No, I haven't. I'd like to though. I, what I really love about it is it's got a it's got a simple message, and the message is that government is completely unnecessary. There's nothing that can't be handled by the free marketplace in a much more effective manner. And they talk about a lot of the things we discuss here on Free Talk Life, and they do such a brilliant job of addressing every objection you could possibly come across when it comes to the ideas of. Of uh, you know non-governmental uh, protection services, you know basically private police and fire and these other things that, uh, th- th- that seem very conceptual to many Americans when they hear about it. But really, the the Tannehills do a brilliant job of making them very concrete and really painting a, a wonderful vision for the future and for what we can what we really could have if the government would just get out of the way. So not only do they talk about how the marketplace can solve society's problems. But they also talk about how we can get from here to there, which is, I think, a question that has been asked countless times on this show, and very few people really have an answer. It seems like there are two sort of uh, brands of answers to that question. There's the, the people that say, well, we've got we to get people elected, and uh, they've got to change the system from the inside. And then there's other people that say, you can't work in the system. You've got to work outside of the system. We've got to you know, do civil disobedience. I think it's a combination of the two. But at the same time, what the Tannehills say in the, towards the end of their book is that what we really need to do before any of that, I mean, we can be doing those things, but what's really critical is spreading ideas. It's sort of like V in V for Vendetta, talking about how ideas are very, very powerful. And that's what this book is about. It's about the idea that government is completely unnecessary and how we can operate, a, you know, how our society can get along and operate and, uh, and do better than it is today. Yeah, because without we can it. be
1: adults. Exactly. Because the Republicans want to be your daddy and the Democrats want to
0: be your mommy. And in and liberty, you know, you're an adult. You get, you get to make your own decisions. Yep. In fact, that's, I think, in the, the last paragraph of the book. It, it tells it's time for men to grow up. It's time for us to, and I, I wrote an introduction and I read that prior to uh, the book. And basically, you know, what I point out is that there, there was a time when men believed that the world was flat. You know, and there was a time that we thought the sun revolved around the earth. And now we don't believe that anymore because we've got observation, we've got scientific evidence that, that proves otherwise. And so people have rejected those concepts. We used to think that, you know, people used to think slavery was an okay thing. We've rejected that now, but not entirely because it still exists. It's exists in a, a more subtle form via government. Because if you have to pay a percentage of your money to some unaccountable bureaucrat, you're their slave. And that's what we need to reject. We need to reject the uh, the use of force. And again, all, a lot of this we talk about on Free Talk Live, but this really takes it and it boils it down. Basically what these people, the Tannehills, Morrison Linda Tannehill, they, they spent years studying under Mises and Rothbard and you know all these uh, great libertarian, liberty-oriented thinkers of uh, the 20th century. They, they read all the scholarly works, you know, the the, the huge 400-page uh, scholarly kinds of manifestos, which nobody really has time to read these days. I certainly don't understand. You know, I'm not a scholarly guy. I went to government school. I, I have a hard time reading scholarly books. I had a, a semi-scholarly work called The Machinery of, Machinery of Freedom by uh, David Friedman, mm-hmm. uh, and... I had a tough time with that. It was one of those things where I had to go back and reread pages twice just to make sure I, I was understanding what I read. The Market for Liberty isn't scholarly in the least. They've taken all that scholarly hubbub and they've boiled it down into 167 pages, 169 pages. And as I said, it takes six hours to get through in, in audiobook form. And they really just do an amazing job of painting a wonderful vision for what we can have and how simple it is to get from here to there. So I would recommend that you go and download it because it's for free. I took the, I talked to the copyright holder on the Market for Liberty. You know, this is one of the many, many old libertarian books that it, that's just been sort of sitting out there collecting dust. And unless you know about it or you know someone who knows about this book, there's very little chance you would have ever put this book in your hands. But luckily today, with the advent of the Internet and personal audio playing devices like MP3 players, we can easily get this information into people's hands. And one of the things that the Tannehills talk about at the end of their book, uh, as, as far as how soon can we get to a laissez-faire society? How soon can we get to a true free market and get rid of this pesky government? They said that the two factors that, uh, that, are, that really come into play, and back in the 1970s they couldn't really predict either one of these. The two factors were the rapidity of the spread of ideas, how fast they can spread. And secondly, how much longer we have left... In this American economy, as far as the, you know, governments meddling in the economy, inevitably, as you've so rightfully talked about many times, Wayne, we're heading to an inevitable fall of the house of cards. I mean, the, this dollar can only be propped up for so long. Calamity is just around the corner. Worldwide, too, by the way. Oh, yeah, because everything's t- a lot of things are tied to the dollar, yeah. though that's slowly changing. But either way, that's not going to stop the tragedy here in America when the dollar finally takes a dump from all the governmental meddling. And so basically, their question was well, you know, how much longer do we have left? Obviously, we still have a little bit of time. I mean, it could be next month, it could be three years. That one is still unpredictable. But the one thing that is predictable now is the rapidity of ideas. How fast can we spread the ideas of liberty? Far faster now than we could 30 years ago. The internet. Yeah. <laughs> and, Amazing uh, invention. Right. It, it essentially has eliminated uh, the, that factor. There is no more factor there, because ideas can be spread instantaneously. The only issue now is getting people to listen, and getting people to turn their eyes toward uh, what they need to see to understand why government is a bad idea.
1: And the older generation, I've found, still has some suspicion over the Internet.
0: Oh, it's some you got you know it's some nut to say that stuff.
1: Well, So they trust the, the corporate media instead.
0: Well, the fact is, the older generation doesn't really matter when right. it comes to the, the pro-Liberty Revolution. It's, it's the young people that are really going to be the... Uh, the important factor here, not to say they should be ignored, uh, because certainly there are some open-minded people that are up in age, no doubt about that, uh, but really the changes are going to be made by the young people, and that's one of the other things the Tannehills talk about. So again, I want to invite you to freetalklive.com, it's the first item on our list uh, right there at the, under the What's New heading at freetalklive.com, or if you want, you can just go straight to book.freekeen.com, that's Keen with two E's, book.freekeen.com, but the link's right there at freetalklive.com, it's completely free. Uh, the copyright owner gave me permission to do this. They said you can spread this out as far and wide as possible, and so I encourage you to do that as well. Pub- publish it to your blog, uh, share the links with friends, and get people on board with this, because it's a great book, and I highly recommend it.
1: Probably sell more books as a result.
0: I'm sure they will. one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. 259 9231 so big thanks to uh, Liz A. Fair Books, the copyright holder there. Uh, more on the way. You can take control of the airwaves, bring up anything. Property tax insanity. We'll talk about it coming up. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can bring up anything. The toll-free number, 800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Wade. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features we give away. So... You can enjoy those, including the bulletin board system with over 300,000 posts, serious issues, fun stuff. You'll find it all for free at bbs.freetalklive.com. And now you can save time and money on common legal matters. Created by top attorneys, LegalZoom.com helps you create reliable legal documents like your will or living trust in minutes. LegalZoom.com. Use code FTL to save 10%. That is LegalZoom. Dot com. Uh, property tax madness. Uh, I've got a story. Wayne, you've got one as well, just by total coincidence. We'll start with uh, Greenberg, New York. The Associated Press reporting that Audrey Davison lives alone. She gets a $620 Social Security check each month and worries about the sharply rising taxes on her four bedroom house. See, when you're when you're working in America and you're growing up and living your life as an adult in america you're you're looking ahead to retirement you're saving you know socking a little bit of money away you you buy your house in a place that you think you're going to want to live for the rest of your life and you, you're planning for these things, but what you can't plan for is how often and how much. The local city government is going to jack your property taxes up. So, in some cases, I mean, unless you've happened to done, you know, unless you've done very, very well, and unfortunately, because of the social security system, people don't think that they have to really invest. They right. think that the government money is going to take care of them, and then they find out, huh? This social security check doesn't even come close to paying my bills, let alone uh, knock my property taxes down any significant amount. They didn't properly plan for this. They uh, again the social security system sort of threw them off from even being able to properly plan. And now this town government or city government just keeps increasing property taxes. What's an old person to do in that particular case?
1: I guess they have to work for the government.
0: <laughs> well, that's what's going to happen apparently. And this one I've never I've never even heard of this, but apparently Slave. Right, apparently greenberg isn't the only place doing it davidson who's fifty excuse me seventy six raised her family at her house and after forty three years, she says she doesn't really want to leave Greenberg and Greenberg doesn't want her to leave either. The town is pushing a program that would let seniors work part time for seven dollars an hour to help pay off some of their property taxes. Town supervisor Paul Finer said. People shouldn't have to sell their house, move away to a place with less taxes, leave behind their family and friends. Now, I agree with that. Yes. They shouldn't have to do that, and they shouldn't have to work for your damn bureaucracy either. These are people that, they paid for that house. It's theirs.
1: And they paid for the schools several times over with yes. their taxes over the years, too. They
0: they uh they paid for the house, and they thought they could retire there and and live for the rest of their lives happily. But now you're telling them, hey, old people... You're going to have to pay up, or we're going to kick you out of your house. Or if you don't want to get kicked out in the cold, we'll let you come work for us. How's that sound? It sounds like slavery to me. It sounds like a a sort of a repackaged version of slavery. Because you don't own your property, and this proves
1: it. Indentured servitude. It's also a good example of moral hazard, where people don't plan properly for retirement because they think the government's going to bail them out. Mm -hmm. Any time you do something Differently, because you you believe you're going to be bailed out, whether you build a house on the ocean because you believe the uh, insurance company will bail you out if there's a storm, or whether you open an account in a bank. Uh, maybe it's not a good bank, but you know that if the bank goes bad, you'll get bailed out.
0: That's a moral hazard. That, yeah. That creates uh, malinvestment. Risk-taking. Unnecessary risk-taking. Yes. Yes. Uh, you know, what? how is this going to affect young people, too? Because these are old old folks who weren't expecting to ever have to work again in their lives. They had entered the retirement phase of their life, and now because they can't pay the property tax bills, they're okay on the rest of their bills. It's the property tax bill that keeps going up year after year right. by unpredictable, uh, unpredictable, unpredictable amounts, and even if they could predict it, it's still, it's still outrageous. So they weren't planning on working ever again. And that means that now if they go and they work for the city at these $7 an hour jobs, whatever those are going to be, we'll get into that in a moment. But wouldn't that mean that it's more difficult for young people in the area to, uh, to get a foothold, to, to get started? Because a $7 an hour job, that's like an entry-level gig.
1: Well, exactly. And Again, this is an unintended consequence of government meddling in the real estate market because real estate's gone up and, and the towns have all been licking their chops because as the valuations go up, they get more tax money. And now, all of a sudden, it's collapsing. And so now you've got people who can't afford the property taxes on their homes. And, and of course, these cities have become addicted to all the money, all the so they've been spending mm-hmm. it. And, and now they can't print money, so they have to squeeze the people for the money because only the federal government can print the money. Right.
0: And so now they're trying to come up with friendly ways to help the poor people pay their property taxes. You know, there's also a slap in the face because many of these people, after they'd worked for 40 or 50 years or however long they were in the workforce, they probably were commanding a pretty hefty wage by the time they retired. I mean... Most of these old folks weren't making seven bucks when they, when they went into retirement. They were probably making 15, 20, 30, 40, 60 dollars an hour. I mean, plumbers make 60 bucks an hour. Certainly many of these people seven dollars an hour is an insult to them. I mean, that's, a, that's outrageous. And yet the bureaucrats, they just smile and they say, "This is a great idea. We're going to help people." He envisions, this is the town's supervisor, envisions retired doctors mentoring school children, retired accountants helping with the town's finances, retired lawyers offering their services for a discount. See, so you, you can offer your service for a discount if you want to come work for the government.
1: Sounds like indentured ser- servitude to it me. It
0: really does. Uh, this is just shocking to me. And the response of people is just amazing. They're like, yeah, this is great. But there's a pl- uh, according to him, there are plenty of less skilled jobs that need doing, he said. He said, it's not like we're going to see Grandma running the snowplow. There are <laughs> lots of things people can do for the town, and it wouldn't cost us that much to pay them. The proper uh, The proposal has... Actually, it wouldn't cost you anything to pay them, because... It's credit. It's credit to their, uh, I mean, I'm presuming it's credit. Either way, they're intending on paying them to get the money right back in the form of property taxes. So the city's really not paying anybody to do anything. They're just giving these old folks a pass on their property taxes if they work so many hours for the city. The proposal caused a stir in Greenberg, town of 90,000 in Westchester County, New York, which has the nation's third highest homeowner property taxes yikes you know i've
1: got a client in westchester county new york and she lives in this small 50s or 60s cape mm-hmm. a three-bedroom on maybe a quarter acre soaking wet and she's paying eighteen thousand dollars a year in property tax holy Cause they have good Jeez. schools in that town that's madness
0: i thought i had a bad here in Keene at five grand a year
1: yeah that's nothing compared to new york
0: the uh, the plan would be on un- would excuse me the plan would be unusual if not unique in New York but similar programs are considered successes this is going on elsewhere in Colorado Massachusetts South Carolina and elsewhere Miss Davidson the 76 year old who suffers from arthritis and sciatica needs a walker to get around on her bad days says she pays about twelve thousand dollars a year in property taxes uh, and has taken out a reverse mortgage to pay her bills. Talking to her last week at the t- uh, town senior center, she said, I would work as long as it was a job where I could sit. And the town bureaucrat said, you could be a receptionist. You could greet people right here when they come in. He's so helpful, isn't he? He's just so friendly. He's a nice boy. Davidson says, that I would love. Scott Parkin, spokesman for the National Council on Aging, said the program sounded interesting as long as it wasn't limited to menial work. He says it's certainly in line with what we stand for, keeping seniors involved in work or volunteering as part of a healthy aging. Now look, I'm all for that. I'm all for uh, people in older age, not just sitting around watching television all day. Getting out and doing things is certainly important, but they should be able to. (laughs) They should be getting out and doing things on their own volition, not because the city's going to steal their house from them if they don't pay property taxes. Are we the only ones outraged about this, Wayne? I'm shocked. 1 800 259 9231. I certainly don't see anybody being outraged in uh, New York. This is just amazing. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. cai toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Features for free. We've got the uh, updates there. Get signed up. We keep you in the loop. Whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show, go to updates.freetalklive.com to get signed up. It's free, of course. That's updates.freetalklive.com. And do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? SACL CAI does collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. Their employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. SACL knows that not only do you want to collect your money, but you'd like to keep your clients, too. SACL CAI, check out their banner at freetalklive.com or call 800-544-6359. 1-800-544-6359 for SACL CAI. Uh, Talking about a shocking, this is shocking to me, this story. Apparently, it's been going on around the country in various different areas. I had been completely unaware of it. Wayne, was this news to you? Had you heard about this before? I
1: hadn't heard that, but I, I've heard about a lot of people, a lot of older people, having to leave their town and their homes because of rising of the property, taxes. property taxes.
0: That yeah. I've heard of. Yes, uh, in fact, where we where we both used to live, Sarasota, Florida, that's happening quite a bit there. Uh, simply because the property values were going up so much that even though they weren't... I mean, yeah, they were increasing the taxes a little bit each year, but as the values kept going up, the property taxes kept going up, too. So that was driving people out. And what's going on now is uh, apparently in New York, Greenberg, which is Mm -hmm. uh, Westchester County, they have decided that they're going to offer the old people in their area a deal, And it's apparently going on in Colorado, Massachusetts, South Carolina, and elsewhere. Where if you're having a tough time, if you're an old folks, uh, old person, and you're having a tough time paying, you know, retired, you're not getting any real income to speak of. You're having a tough time paying your property taxes. The city's going to, instead of just stealing your house out from under you, they're going to give you the opportunity to work off your debt, which, of course, isn't really debt because you never signed an agreement saying you'd get into that debt. So it's not really debt. It's just the government says you owe it. And you never agreed to all the tax increases. You certainly didn't. But, again, that won't stop the city from taking your house. And so, therefore, they're telling the people, these uh, nice old folks, that, hey, you can just come on in here and work for us for seven bucks an hour. Now, not only is that an insult to these folks that used to make a lot more before they retired, but it's also, uh, it's just, as you said, Wayne, it's indentured servitude. They have to do this work if they don't want to be put out on the streets. Is this the America you want to live in? No. Well, there's more to this story. Uh, Scott Parkins, spokesman for the National Council on Aging, says that uh, he thinks this is great. It's keeping seniors involved in work or volunteering. part of healthy aging. Boulder County, Colorado, pioneered a tax work-off program back in 1986 for residents over 60 and now has about 250 applicants for the fewer than 100 openings. What happens when they fill all the positions? What happens to the other 150? They lose their homes or have to move. I would guess so. Uh, Spokes bureaucrat Barbara Halpin says the work done by the seniors includes landscaping, gathering climate data, clipping newspapers, and staffing the courthouse information booth. Taxes aren't that high out here, so even at $7 an hour, people can burn off their county taxes pretty quickly, she said. She added that many stay in the program as volunteers after paying off their taxes, which, you know, that's all fine and dandy. Volunteerism, I'm all for. But uh, this nonsense, this this is sick. Concord, Massachusetts, where actually we have a, a radio station WBNW. Maria Casey of the Personnel Department said about ten seniors get an eight dollar and fifty uh, get eight dollars and fifty cents an hour to work at research data entry and groundskeeping. The program started almost ten years ago. Allowed seniors to be able to work and be involved in the community. What seniors weren't allowed to go and get a Walmart job before this, if they wanted to? At least that's not an insult, because then they're voluntarily choosing to take a low-income job. Because I could understand. I mean, if I were a senior citizen and, you know, bored, I would want to go out and get some work. I would want to go find something to do. And, you know, if all that was available was some menial labor job, I'd take it. But I'd feel good about it, because it would be me going out to do something of my own volition. Me deciding for myself that this is something I want to do. In this case, these people are coerced into it.
1: Yeah. You know, I know a lot of older people who retire and get kind of sick of retirement really fast and end up taking a part-time job somewhere just to be out there and be working and feel useful and and be stimulated. Right. Right.
0: That's great. That's that's healthy. That's very healthy. I agree. But when you're pointing a a gun at somebody and saying, we're going to take your house away from you unless you come take this pencil-pushing job with a bureaucracy, you're talking about just a sickness.
1: And and make no mistake about it, they're they're pointing a gun at you. You just don't see it right away.
0: It'll come out eventually if you don't pay the property taxes and you try to stay in your house when they want to take it from you. That's when the guns will come out. Uh, The the bureaucrat says it allows seniors to work and be involved in the community, and the town benefits by their work. Well, the city government benefits, but nobody else does. They get free labor. I mean, if you've got grandparents, you should be really looking at this closely and be very concerned.
1: Because it doesn't address the fundamental problem. The The real question is why are the property taxes so damn high?
0: Because government continues to spend, and it never stops, and it always wants more. And
1: inflation. They're not addressing the the fundamental problem is inflation, because property taxes are rising faster than incomes, even even if you're not retired.
0: So quality of life continues to go down as a result. uh, Feiner, another one of the bureaucrats in New York, is suggesting creating about 25 slots for seniors and letting them work off $500 or so a year. Oh, is that all? You're going to put a cap on the amount of hours they can work? (laughs) I mean,
1: <laughs> yeah, it gets pretty absurd. Oh, they
0: care so much, Wayne. They they are so caring. The problem is when
1: people are in denial, they twist—they twist the truth and the reality in all these different directions, and you can see how absurd it becomes.
0: He says his proposals faces some obstacles. If the wages are earned to be, are to be tax free and directly credited to the property tax bill, the state legislature would have to approve. In addition, unions would have to be convinced that the program is no threat to their members' <laughs> job security. Finer's hoping for at least a pilot program next year. Eventually, he said he'd like to see the county and local school districts adopt similar plans. what the school districts well, I guess I mean giving jobs to the uh the seniors. I presume that's what he He says. There's probably a lot
1: of retired school teachers that have to go back to work now.
0: That's what he says here. If we got seniors working for the schools, there might be a more intergenerational feeling there. It might be easier to pass the school budgets, he said. Janet Goodman, a retired teacher and travel agent who is heading a knitting class at Greenberg Community Center, said paying the bills at her townhouse, one of the uh, Greenberg's villages, is a constant struggle. You shouldn't be constantly struggling in retirement. Yeah. You should be comfortable. It's because of these governments and their property taxes that your grandparents or your parents are having trouble living. Let's also
1: remember that a significant portion of, the, of every property tax bill are for the local schools, the, the public, yep. the government schools. Now, uh, if you look at the cost of if even... Uh, complying with federal regulations at the local level. That's a significant chunk of that, too, because of all the paperwork they've got to fill out, No Child Left Undrugged, or whatever right. they call it. And and all these things are piling up, and, and really those are the people who are being squeezed. The most vulnerable people in our society, the elderly people who should be enjoying retirement, are now becoming
0: enslaved. And they're the first. There'll be others. But how many? How other? What other ways could they could they uh, bring people into this? I mean, they only have so many positions to fill. The government can only make up so many jobs for people to fill. How could this be expanded? I mean, they can't even they can't even offer enough jobs for all the old people that need them.
1: Oh, so it's already bottoming out. Well, they need they need to make license plates. You know. uh, Believe me, they'll get creative with with how they can put people to work if that's if that if that
0: happens. It's disgusting. And uh, the old lady says here uh, it's a constant struggle. She said she'd gladly take part in a tax workoff program as long as the work is interesting.
1: There you go. Well.
0: She's going to do it anyway, because if they're going to take her house, all of a sudden it won't matter if the work's inter- uh, interesting. And then you get to toil away the remainder of your years in some uninteresting, bureaucratic nightmare. Who in the hell wants to live their last 20 or, 50 or 30 years or 10 years in that uh, manner? And That's you know, terrible. And
1: two or three years ago, these people could have at least sold their houses and got a pretty good money for them. Now they're and, screwed. And now they're screwed big time,
0: yeah. Oh, wow. I mean, these people, are they're almost captives for this government to take advantage of. The government knows it. They're stuck. one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. 259 9231 I don't imagine anybody out there is in favor of this madness. But if you are, one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. 259 9231 Wayne, you've got something about property taxes as well, right? Yes, we'll
1: get to it after the break.
0: More on the way. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. 800 259 9231 and even those uh, even in these remaining moments you can still bring up anything you want that's why we call the show free talk live Remain, just enough time for your call if you make it now, 800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Wade? That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Hey, you like the show? You want to help support Freetalk Live? Go shopping at amazon.freetalklive.com. All kinds of great products. You know Amazon. They're the world's largest internet retailer. I mean, if you've been on the internet, odds are good you've shopped there at some point. They're just that big. So what we want you to do is enter through our little portal. It's amazon.freetalklive.com, and if you enter through that portal, Free Talk Live gets a percentage of your purchase. The same great prices, same great free super saver shipping deals on a lot of items. It's just that they'll send us a cut for sending them the business. So you've got stuff to buy, do it. Used, new, whatever. Amazon.freetalklive.com. All right, so, Wayne, we uh, are talking about property taxes, and it's just it just keeps getting worse. The government can never have enough money, and they don't care if they drive old people out of their homes in the middle of uh, the wintertime. <laughs> Doesn't matter to them. Now, of course, they'd rather get their money than do that, but uh, nonetheless, what's going on? Uh, you've got a story that's related to all this, right?
1: Yes, uh, there's a, a blog I really enjoy by a guy named Mike Shedlock. Uh, it's called MISH. They call it MISH, M-I-S-H. It's called MISH's Global Economic Trend Analysis And there's a story here about homeowners who are protesting property taxes around the country. Hmm. Uh, Falling home values and rising property taxes in many parts of the country are generating the loudest complaints about property levies since the 1970s, forcing state and local officials to address the outcry, even as the housing market slump eats into many sources of the revenue. For example, Indiana residents held public protest this summer against a surge in property taxes. 60%. In Marion County. Yeah, and and acted on their frustration by ousting the mayor of Indianapolis.
0: Wow. Florida voters will decide next month. How the hell do they do that? (laughs) Must have been during the vote, right? Yes. I'm just imagining a throng crashing into his office and literally ousting him. Well, they
1: could also do a recall vote, too. That's happened before, too. I don't know if that's the case, but that's one of the options. Hmm. And in Florida, uh, Florida voters will decide next month whether to adopt a massive property tax cut in a decade that has pitted part-time residents... I'm sorry, a debate that has uh, pitted part-time residents against full-time Floridians.
0: Well, if there's one thing I know about Florida voters is that if it's uh if it's on the ballot as a one of those uh recommendations or initiatives, usually 9 times out of 10 everything passes. Yeah. I mean, the Florida voters, I don't think they actually read the ballot measures. I think they just go in, "Oh, yes. Yes. Yes." That seems to be what they do because usually, and I mean, I used to live there, so I've, I've observed this. There was one time they wanted to uh, they wanted to have this bullet train thing go from like Tampa to Orlando, and they put it on the ballot. So the idea was the government was going to build the bullet train, right? And seventy five percent of voters voted for it. Two years before that, seventy five percent of voters, roughly, uh, approximately seventy five percent, voted in favor of uh, the cigarette ban. Then. What they did was they formed a task force for the bullet train, and the uh, task force, you know, met for two years, and nothing really ever came of it. And eventually somebody got the idea, hey, let's take this thing out of uh, the government's hands and let's remove it. Let's, uh, so the, the voters had mandated it before with this initiative, so they created another initiative that says, we don't want the bullet train. And so the bullet, the, the we don't want the bullet train initiative went on like you know the 2004 ballot, and 75% voted in favor of it. So I really don't know. There's the occasional ballot initiative that will fail in Florida, but it seems rare. Yeah. So
1: but, I feel good about this well, one. Well, the problem with Florida too is that you've got the part-time residents, the full-time residents. If you're a resident of Florida, as you know, you can have you can be homesteaded where right. your property taxes can only rise was it two or three percent a year? I don't know. But uh, from the time you bought
0: it, they cut your rate basically.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what it was. I think it's they can only rise by a certain percentage, whereas if you're part-time, you pay the full tilt. Yeah. And that's pitting the full-time against part-time residents in a little dispute there. Hmm. Uh, and, and also, you've got issues with, with, of course, now insurance with all the hurricanes. So a lot of people who were part-time before are starting to pull out of there, Right, which further softens things. Okay, in California, getting back to the story, thousands of homeowners are having their assessments reduced under a decades-old state law and lower tax revenues due to the weaker housing market is likely to force an emergency budget session at the state house in california they're in trouble there <laughs> big trouble falling real estate <laughs> prices and turmoil in the mortgage market are expected to reduce property values for u.s homeowners by a total of 1.2 trillion next year
0: yeah i wonder how to, detroit's doing
1: oh yeah remember that story you did about uh, yeah houses
0: being sold for pennies on the dollar less than there.
1: cars in some cases. right yeah so, but unless tax rates are changed, California could lose $2.96 billion in property taxes over several years because of the housing bust. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, that's trouble. They're not going
0: to want to do that.
1: So in many cases, incomes are growing faster than property tax bills um, in, the, in the 1990s. Um, well, recently, property taxes have grown faster than incomes oh, on okay. average. Right. Yeah. Yep.
0: And then again, these people aren't, I mean, he's not factoring in inflation yet either. So that's another, that's another thing.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And state and local property tax collectors uh, collections increased 50% from 2000 to 06, according to the Census Bureau data. Just on rising ho-
0: uh, housing values?
1: Yes. Wow. During that same period, the median household income rose 15% before inju- adjusting for inflation. Mm-hmm. So you can see that people are getting squeezed. I kind of equate it to a bug in a spider web. And the, the the more the bug struggles, the faster they die. And if you think about it, you have all these pressures you know, on people from all different directions you got property taxes you got everything from all different directions sure. with with fuel costs and everything and and then you got people who say we have more money for schools but they don't realize that they're they're putting those old people in their town out of their houses yeah. by by wanting more money for schools because they want their property values to go up higher because they have good so-called good schools it's just insane yeah it, it, it you have all these pressure groups that are making it all worse so that the answer to this is small government
0: it is in my, in my opinion, the answer is no government, but I'll take okay. small government. That's a step in the right direction. Sure, because this this redirecting income centrally controlled wealth redistribution. It just doesn't work for the reasons you're describing. I mean, you take money out of everybody's pocket for the purpose of educating kids, but the the unseen part of that is the the old people they're being put out of their homes and forced to sell their houses and and move somewhere else.
1: But and you're also squeezing people who working, let's say, middle class people who sure. who uh, want to educate their kids. Yeah, but they also need to put food on the table. They also need to. They're they're not getting raises. I mean, my
0: renters are having a tough time right now. They uh, one of them lost their job. And now they're looking at applying for welfare as a result. So, uh, they, I mean, if I didn't have these property taxes to pay, I could reduce their rent by $250 a month. And that would, that would put $3,000 a year back in their pocket.
1: That's right. And they can spend it in the economy. So the private economy would do better. The private sector would do better if it wasn't getting sucked out in
0: the form of taxes. Indeed. Any other thoughts here, Wayne? Because we got phone calls. Yeah, let's take the phone calls. Let's do it. All right. We go to Surge in New York. You're on Free Talk Live. Surge. Hey, what's on your mind? Um,
7: I live in Greenberg, actually.
0: Ooh, sorry.
7: (laughs) Yeah, I hate it here. And this is, your show is actually the first time I've heard of this happening in my town. Because there's been lots of tax increases that we're kind of used to it by now. Mm -hmm. And this just seems, for a lot of residents, I kind of get the feeling that this just seems like something that they're going to, you know, grin and bear it because
3: it's sure. part of their daily lives.
0: Yeah, well, that's what they've been doing. They've been taking it for years. It's just another increase. They'll figure out something. And or the, the lose thing their that hands.
7: really appalls me is that this guy, Finer, actually ran this year and got reelected on the lower taxes position. <laughs> and he went around and, you know, changed that. Well, see, he's, he's going
0: to run, a, he's going to be able to not necessarily lower taxes, but he could maybe keep them at the same level because he's going to bring all this slave labor in in the form of uh, the old people, so instead of is, actually having to pay slave people. slave labor. Yeah.
7: It's like $7 an hour. You know, I'm 16. I'm, I used to make $8 on my last job.
0: And but it's not. But it's a wash, see? So they're not even making the 7 It's either going to be credited to their property taxes, or they're going to be paid and immediately expected to pay their property taxes. So it's, it's not even really income
1: i bet they serve cat food in the cafeteria there, too.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, Serge, uh, any other thoughts tonight?
7: No, I just wanted to, you know, give my two cents on that.
0: Good hearing from you. I'm kind of really man.
7: appalled at what's going on in my town here. Yeah,
0: it's disgusting, and all the more reason to get the hell out of New York... Join the Free State Project and, uh, and come to New Hampshire. Thanks for the We're call. We're doing
7: that in two years.
0: Very good, Serge. Thank you, sir. 800-259-9231. Uh, we go to Lee in Montana, listening on KGEZ, a place, uh, Kalispell. I don't imagine the taxes are too bad out there, at least compared to New York, uh, New York State, Lee. How is it out there?
5: Well, a lot better than Oregon, but I was calling because uh, my mom, uh, back in the early 70s, uh, had to do a defense. Uh, I think it was just a county thing or, you know, some of the counties in the state adopted it, but it was touted as a state model mm-hmm. where if you were on Social Security or over 65 or something, you could defer your property taxes until you sold the house or then your heirs had to deal with it.
0: Oh, great. Yeah. Right.
5: <laughs> now, the interesting part is my mom had no choice but to go on that because the $18,000 house we bought in the early 60s was... Up and around 70-some, pal. And in 1988, that county had the highest property taxes in the whole United States. Jeez, Lee, we're, we're out, out of time, man. I'm D. sorry, D. we
0: are short. We're out. Uh, thank you for the call. Probably was paying as much in property taxes as the house originally cost. Mm-hmm. Uh, back tomorrow night, online in the meantime, at freetalklive.com.